Hi, welcome to Get Cracking Podcast. We are on the mission to accelerate each one of us to happiness. And today we have another wonderful guest. Lei, welcome. Hey, mate. How you doing? Doing great. And then before we turn into actual discussion, uh, we have a tradition on our podcast is that everybody who comes on the pod, they need to introduce themselves in 60 seconds. Are you ready for that? I, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so then <laughs> please introduce yourself. Okay, so my name's Lee. I'm from Australia originally, been living here in Finland for 15 years. I fell in love with the cold, with cold weather and cold water. And then through my love and exploration of the cold, I stumbled across breathing because breathing is such a key component of the cold and handling that. Uh, then I dive really, really deep into breathing. So nowadays I've become like, uh, my mom thinks I'm kind of like special individual because I'm teaching the Eskimos, Finnish people about cold. And for the rest of the world, I'm t you know, it's about free air, selling free air to people, teaching them how to breathe actually. So I'm breathing as a therapy, breathing as a, you know, experience as a, as a like um, sports performance and things like this. So it's a, it's a busy world. There's a lot of people that need to breathe. Yeah, and then the way the way I see it, and the way I find it, it's like super interesting to have this conversation because um, you help basically people live longer through the certain techniques. So you help us be more healthy and live longer, which is kind of ultimate goal, which is super cool. Yeah. But then something I really want to also ask straight away. So how did you find out that this is for you? So what was this beginning? Did you just wake up and say like, hey, I want to do this, or <laughs> how did it happen? No, it was a little bit by like some lovely colleagues of mine put pressure on me and they were the ones who said, okay, like let's get the Aussie guy. Finnish people thought it was funny to throw the Aussie guy to the cold in the winter time here in Finland because in Australia we don't experience any uh, cold like we do here in Finland. And so basically to prove them wrong, I started to kind of force myself to go to the cold. So for all the wrong reasons in a way, you know, I was kind of a little bit like kind of motivated to prove them wrong. But what ended up happening was I, I learned so much about myself during the process and it just became like, like I can't live without it now. So it was, that was also my kind of initiation to get to kind of land here in Finland as well, I would say, because you have to, you can't be here with not except the weather here, you know? And it's already some, some time happened. And then also I heard that you actually have been practicing with Wim Hof himself. Yeah. Yeah, so like after many years of like making all the mistakes myself and right. learning and, you know, all, all of that, um, experiencing cold in many different ways, I wanted to figure, I wanted to kind of put the pieces together. I knew I felt good, like it m gave me so much physically and mentally. But then like how to how to kind of arrange that or how to how to learn about that from the scientific point of view. And it was funny because I wouldn't say Wim's a very scientific person at all. He's a you know, he's a in a way like considered a daredevil of sorts because he's been doing maybe 23 uh, Guinness Book of Records to do with the cold like length of time in the cold. Can you and, give us some example? I know some, yeah. but for the listeners, can you give examples of yeah. crazy, his, his crazy records? 
Yeah, um, he's been uh, Mount Kilimanjaro in like in record time, and he took like a group of people there. And was he also underwear, or did he wear anything? Uh, he, yeah, that's true. He he wore shorts, shoes, and I think maybe a hat on that occasion. But he's also been, um, you know, in like the most famous one he did was when he was up to his he was up to his neck in a like a clear container, and they just kept putting ice there. They have his whole body, um, all of the measurements of his body, you know, heart rate, um, rate of breath, everything like this. Um, and then they just, he was just stayed in there for like an hour, no problems. Wow. So, and like, then some of us struggle with like going for a cold shower for 30 seconds in the morning. Imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, you know, he has, he has a story too, you know, like he lost his wife, uh, she had uh, kill, killed herself. And uh, he, he kind of like had this like, I don't give up beep, kind of mm. attitude in a way and um, his relationship with with pain was kind of like he was questioning this relationship with pain mm. he was like well I'm going through this deep pain because of my wife and yet people are kind of going into cold water and they can't handle that you know they think that's pain so he had this kind of interesting play between what really pain is you know and uh, of course that led him to do some pretty miraculous things with the cold How was that for you? So I think so you got to cold exposure from the different angle, not from pain angle. And I think this is probably a better way to approach it. But have you figured out for yourself this relationship with the pain and with the cold and maybe mental pain and a physical pain from other areas of your life? Uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting one. It's for me personally, I would say, yeah, um, because through that process of forcing myself to go the cold, When I said, okay, I don't have to do it anymore, I felt like something was missing. I was like, actually, I kind of feel like I want to go back there again. It wasn't like there was no pressure for me to perform in front of anyone else or anything. But I was like, okay, I need to continue doing this. And then through that process, it just became like a window of time during the day where I just had that, you know, three, four, five, ten minutes to myself. It was almost like a meditation. Mm. And I'm a very typical ma masculine figure you know like if I feel something if I feel some emotion or whatever back in the old days I would just kind of mobilize or activate myself you know yeah. and you kind of distract yourself from from what's really going on and somehow somehow that um, you know there was a bit of there is a bit of like of a challenge there when you go to the cold obviously a physical challenge but a mental challenge especially if you're going in the morning But through that whole process, it, it kind of gave me this window of time for myself. And, and I've never been good at meditating, but that was the closest I got at, in those early days to meditating before I kind of got into breathing and all of that that path. So This is super interesting because I heard a lot about the cold exposure being super helpful for immune system and then inflammatory disease. And uh, But then now you say about also the mental state and mm. then also like a borderline with actual meditation. This is interesting. But for maybe for listeners and for myself more, uh, would you open up what is the real benefit of a cold exposure? Yeah, so like if you want to go to the highest value that you would get from that, it is actually the the inflammation in the body. So you probably remember when if you roll your ankle or hurt yourself, your your mom gives you like the the pea, bag of peas or something wrapped up and you put you apply that to the ankle. Well, in the same way, but on a deeper level, uh, inflammation is kind of suppressed with the cold. 
Then uh, through the studies with WIM, they have like found out that you can actually um, suppress the innate immune system, which is the production of white, white blood cells in the body, which of course everyone's, um, everyone's body is producing those because of anxiety, stress, and the body's way of kind of anticipating a threat. But the problem is we, don't, we haven't developed really good ways to kind of mitigate that or kind of like downregulate those. So apparently with the cold, uh, this is how it's happening. And that's because of the rising levels of adrenaline and the stress hormones actually play a positive role there. So that's the number one thing. And, and the immune system is like strengthened from this, of course. Um, then also we look at the metabolic health of somebody and how the body uses energy and, and it uses uh, fat in, in a way in the body because uh, fat is energy. So it's very, very good at like accelerating that process. So fat loss and fat burning, sure, but metabolic health uh, as a whole. And then you've got other sort of like, if you want to call them like a bit superficial things, like it's good for uh, tightening the skin and, you know, collagen production in the skin, things like that. Mm. But there's many, many things that we still don't know exactly the benefits of this. But do we don't know because there is not enough, like, let's say, research or it's yeah. just because of time that we only recently started to do this? A combination of things, yeah. combination of things. Um, but like, you know, also it's, you know, this is a modern day question, you know, with uh, like which pharmaceutical companies want us to, you know, to start it, you know, it's they the same with the breathing hooked. as well. I mean, this is such a big business, all the pharmaceutical yeah. thing, they, they just produce and then they put all the medicine into us. It's well, ridiculous. Well, as an example, so I know people that have uh, sort of autoimmune issues, yeah. like one is called fibromyalgia. And this is like, a, you know, basically the white blood cells being produced at a crazy rate in the body and it starts attacking the immune system and you get weakened, like different things are happening inside the body. Um, well, I know that some people that have taken to the cold have all of the symptoms of this, this autoimmune issue have ceased to exist. And when we look at the studies um, that have been done, if you do just sort of like one, you know, decent, like, like a full cold exposure, mm. not a shower, but like actually getting in, submerging yourself in the water, the effects of this and the suppression of all those white blood cells in the body the inf inflammatory markers, it's suppressed for about six to seven days on average. So almost one week. So if you would only do one um, submerge, like if you submerge yeah. yourself in the cold once per week, this is enough to kind of keep the, your white blood cells in check in a way. So you can have, a, basically you can have a choice. You, you can do the cold exposure therapy, like a cold shower or a plunge or deep in the ice lake. Or you can eat like uh, pills every day for a week, and then you, you can make me make your choice in a certain particular situations. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's actually what it comes down to. Many people, like for, for whatever it is, uh, they feel like it is easier to have the pills. You know, mm. it is actually easier for them to do that than to take the time and and you know move move on a Monday morning, for example, to go mm. down to mm. the cold. And there's no judgment on that. It's just that like everyone have to make their own choice about what's, what, what they need, what, what gives them the most value. This is super good. So you mentioned easier and that's what I see, let's say the problem in nowadays and also the problem that, you know, stops people from starting those, you know, cold showers. Everybody knows about the cold showers, but then this inner voice that tells you like, no, you'll be fine. You can have a hot shower or warm shower yeah. or it will be all right. Um, 
Do you have any tips? So let's say for, for myself, uh, how do I, you know, overcome this inner voice and how I start doing it? Well, this is the thing that gets asked a lot. And actually, I, like it was funny because I, I found it kind of weird that I was asked to be on like a TV show, which was called Superhumans. Yeah. And then the whole idea is, of course, the cold is like some superpower or how, how someone can stay in the cold water yeah. is some, some kind of superpower. And this was kind of like almost absurd to me because I feel like like my work is a big portion of my work as a coach um, and working with people is like removing as many of the excuses away. And then the people don't have this kind of clouded vision about like, I can't do this and I'm limited by that. So if I can say that like this, the real superpower is a little bit like not giving a fuck so much, you know, mm -hmm. like not caring so much and just being adventurous with it. That's the, um, that's kind of like the secret sauce in a way. But then part of that is also trusting the body and understanding that everything that happens in the body, the fingers getting cold and the toes getting cold, that's exactly how it's supposed to work. So when you are able to feel that inside yourself and have trust in your own body, which let's face it, not many people have that, um, that relationship, that healthy relationship, then you can, then you kind of like, it makes everything easier. You know, you know that this is a process, you know, that the fingers and toes go cold, you know, that eventually it'll warm up, you know, that it'll take your breath away. You can kind of segment the whole thing into a one process and be like, okay, it's easier like this. But, you know, we're, we are creatures of comfort anyway, right? Mm. Like all of, you know, whether it's the couches, whether it's these kind of clothes, all of the things that are around us, we are sort of, you know, we've kind of in a way earned that life, that comfort. You know, if you want to go back, you know, we don't have to have spears hunting the food yeah, no and more risking games, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we, we, we kind of like earned that comfort in, in, as a species in a way. But actually, we've gotten further away from what has given us this kind of resiliency as well. Um, and never before have we had this much disease. So there must there is a cor correlation between those two things. So getting up and choosing, like we say a little bit, like with my friends, we call it choosing violence. Yeah. Like wake up on a Monday morning and get down to the Baltic Sea. We choose violence choose today because no nobody <laughs> truly wants to be there in a way. In in a way, but we do want to be there. Yeah. Amazing. So my, my experience with, um, let's say, cold exposure, of course, I've done this traditional Finnish sauna and then dip into the ice waters. Mm. Love it. Super good as experience, as entertainment even. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. Uh, and then recently, in the beginning of the summer, I've started the cold showers. And first it was hard and also I didn't do it like every day, uh, but I've kind of slowly got myself into and it was mostly based on the wheel so I wanted to do it and I wanted to get this to routine so uh, and then I got now two weeks I'm not doing it uh, because of recent sickness so then I kind of figure out okay maybe I need to pause down but then also I feel that I really want to get back on it mm -hmm. so the outcome of like my observation and reflection is that further you go more you like it and then you kind of like it and you cannot live without that. And then also while preparing to this podcast, I've learned there is something, it is something to do with the dopamine. So For sure. do we have a release of a dopamine when we have a yes. cold showers, let's say? Yeah. Yeah. So mood is like one of the key benefits of the cold, yeah. like in a way like this, it's a, it's a biological 
thing happening. It's a chemical reaction in the body, but it's definitely sort of related to mental state, right? It's like the mood, mood enhancement, if you want to call it something. Um, yeah, the body, the body gets like dopamine is kind of like pumped through the body because of this, like it's a reward hormone in a way. It's like, okay, you did something good, you know? Um, but then when you think about other hormones that are produced as well, like adrenaline, mm. you get this kind of like adrenaline's glucose, right? It secretes from the adrenal glands and it, and it's kind of like present in this fight or flight response. So obviously when you go in a cold water, your body's sort of sensing that there's a threat, your you know, homeostatic um, state is sort of like threatened in a way, like this balance, this comfort, this survival mode. And of course your body gives you these these kind of like resources in a way to kind of handle this. Do I need to fight this? Do I need to run away from this fight or flight? Yeah. Or in some cases people freeze, not in the freeze, like cold, cold freeze, but like just stay still um, or become innate. So yeah, the body's producing all these hormones and then, you know, dopamine's one of those ones that people have, you know, it's this addictive thing in a way. It kind of like keeps you coming back to that. And incidentally, uh, people in Finland, uh, like coffee, for example, people are drinking so much coffee here in Finland, about four cups per day on average, the most of any uh, country in the world. Um, caffeine is a really, really good carrier of dopamine as a chemical. So it actually benefits you if you have coffee like one hour before, like a black coffee, one hour before you do your cold because um, when the dopamine um, is produced in the body, the caffeine carries that for a longer period of time throughout, throughout the day. So you feel happier longer. Yeah, this sounds so cool. I'm just imagining how, you know, if, if you drink the coffee and coffee is kind of transporting this all the dopamine and then you go to cold exposure and then you have this, you know, the dopamine adrenaline and then it just transports everywhere to your body. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then just something I just wanted to highlight, it's, it's amazing when you think of it, like, okay, it is hard to do the cold shower or it's hard to do the ice dip in the morning, right? But then if you actually do, it is such a morning starter. You just get the injection of adrenaline and dopamine straight away. And then I think, yeah. you know, nothing can, nothing can stop you. And then yourself, do you do like every morning? Uh, not every morning, right. not every morning. In the peak of winter, um, like I'll go every day, yeah. every day, but it's not every morning. Yeah. Sometimes life happens, you know, I'm a very... Like I go with the flow a little bit. Like yeah. if I know that I've got to be somewhere in the morning um, and it might not be beneficial, like if, you know, like to be a bit shaky because mm. sometimes I stay and swim excited. around You're for a like, while. Like this, like this, like this. <laughs> yeah, and also, well, also the natural, you know, it's it's quite natural to shake anyway, yeah. right? So if you stay in there for 10 or 15 minutes, your body is like trying to produce that energy and you do have a bit of that natural shake. Mm. So if I'm presenting or giving some kind of talk, you know, I might not want that kind of, shaky, shaky kind of like, mm. you know, like like eyes wide open kind of energy, yeah. you know? So um, yeah, it's, but most mornings, yeah. I, I love it in the morning, especially because it, it, it does actually in a way replace a coffee too. You don't have to have the coffee so early. Um, and also it's so dark here. Yeah. It's so dark here and it's like, it kind of, you kind of feel like the, without the dopamine, you feel like a reward there. The reward is that you're kind of up you're ready, you're attacking the day. You know, in my case, I like to go with a couple of friends um, on most days, but not everyone's brave enough to come every morning. So it's often I'm either by myself or, you know, with someone else um, and we just go there and we, we do it. And it's it's kind of like part of life now. Amazing. And that's, yeah. 
Yeah. No, that sounds so good. I, I wish, you know, we more and more get the similar rituals. Something else, I know that you are working on the book. Uh, yes. Would you tell us more about the book? So what should we expect? Yeah, the book is like, you know, so breathing became such a, an important thing. And I would say that for me, the first time I truly meditated away from being in the, the ice or in the cold water uh, was when I just took time aside to breathe. You know, I'm, my mind is like running, running, running like many people's. And if you ask me to think of like, if you just don't think of anything, like I'll go into this mode here. And I'll be like, don't think of anything, don't think of anything, don't. Th and then my mind is like, okay, listen, you're repeating, don't think of anything to yourself. And that's something, so you've already blown the meditation, you know? So for me, focusing on just counting breaths, like one, two, three, or counting down and doing some pauses and things, it was a very profound thing. And I would say like the first time I actually really had a very spiritual experience was from the breathing. And of course, I studied with some of the world's most recognized modern day, like savants of breath work. Um, and what I noticed it, it is that most of the breathing and breath work philosophy has always come from the East, from, from Asia in a way. And, and if we want to say Russia is part of Asia as well, like from this part of the world. And it always refers to Zen Buddhism, it always refers to like this, this kind of like um, pranayama from Hinduism, from India and, and Japan and China in a way. But like, where's the modern day philosophy? So th through my journey, I found out that actually there's space to talk about this on a more modern day, like in, in a more modern way, I would say. But of course, paying homage to the to the Eastern philosophy. And so when I look through the language of uh, what does, like when we look at the, uh, respiration, it means, you know, respiratory system. It's the re respir respiration in the body. When you look at Latin, uh, spirare is the word that means spirit and translated to English, it means breathe. So spirit equals breath. And then we look at inspiration. It's like to breathe in. So when we're inspired, we breathe in. When we breathe together with people, we conspire, co-inspire, getting inspired together as we breathe. And then when we are with other people, we get good ideas and we want to, we want to like have goals and get somewhere in life and make our mark in this, in this world. And that's how we aspire. We breathe upon or breathe towards something. And to, in order to get to that place, we need to perspire, which means to breathe through something, uh, breathe through some kind of like situations or make effort towards something. Um, and eventually we will expire, which is taking the last breath. So the, the book is very much about kind of like telling the story of breath through those, through the language. And it's kind of like a story of like personal responsibility because we are all responsible for our own breathing. Um, you know, it happens autonomously, but at any time we can decide, I want to breathe this way. When you're in the gym, you can kind of grab the breath and like, you know, breathe like really hard and push the weight or run faster or whatever you like. But then we can always go the opposite way as well. And how we actually breathe is how we connect with other people too. So we've seen it throughout history where like, you know, rowing the boat together, 
uh, choir singing together, people dancing uh, in different cultures, but then also when you're intimate with somebody as well, like the whole, all of the systems in the body that are related and influenced by the breath. So your energy production, hormone production, digestive system, nervous system, lymphatic system, emotions, feelings, heart rate, everything is linked up uh, via the breath. So that's why it feels so special when you're with somebody and you're so intimate because all of those systems in the body are synchronized with another human being. And so uh, that's what I'm doing a lot more is recreating those moments where different people can kind of experience those things, um, you know, not in a totally intimate way. You know, that's a special thing when you're one-on-one, -on -one, but like in a group setting, you can kind of recreate this on a, on a more sort of like um, collective level. And not only is it responsi uh, responsibility, but I'm like here to find the, the link between us all. I think there's too much segmentation and fragmentation uh, throughout all these different cultures and different parts of the world. And we're all talking, Every, if you ask somebody, are you a spiritual person? They will most likely say yes, but on some level. It might be that they, it might be that they have a spiritual relationship with God, whichever their God is. It might be that they have a spiritual relationship with the planet, with Mother Earth. It might be that they have a spiritual relationship with, you know, love and light and whatever else. But if we actually look at the meaning of what spirit means, it actually means breath. And so I feel like this is the connecting um, factor that we have. So my story is really about like connecting us all together and we are already connected by the breath itself. Yeah, I, what I feel and maybe you can, you know, tune me a bit is that the breathing is somehow under recognized or at least that's, that's what I've noticed. So somehow I was living a life and then I figure out like, okay, breathing actually impacts meditation or the mindfulness is, is used there. Then also recently uh, I figured out that breathing impacts uh, your voice, the way you sound. So then also we know that, like you mentioned, the breathing impacts um, physical and endurance and all, all those topics. And then in the gym, if you need to, you need to breathe somehow correctly, yeah. right? And then also breathing is one of those things that we need to have because if we stop breathing, we cannot we expire, as you said. Yeah. So it's it's not working anymore. So what do you think? Is this under recognized and it's coming out from the shade now, or yeah. is this the tendency? Yeah, like if you never before has there been this much uh, attention towards the breath, right? You know, we just came from a, a couple of years time where there was literally like a a particular virus that was attacking the respiratory system in, in people, right? And was being spread through this system. So, you know, now from, from the way that people have um, seen this and experienced, everyone had some form of experience with that virus, for example, um, there's a, a lot more attention and under, like, like people want to understand how it works. And like I said before, you know, we all have the possibility to do something about it. You know, we can choose to be like, go from the passenger seat, as, I, as I'm always saying, like breathing is like you're in the vehicle and autonomous breathing is just you're going along for the ride in the passenger seat. But when you're actually conscious about breathing, we're in the driver's seat and we're driving, we're kind of breathing how we want to turn up in this life. And that's the most important thing. Um, you know, I'm kind of, 
a big, like any more consciousness and more awareness in what we're doing is a good thing. You know, like what we put in our bodies, yeah. how, what relationships we have, what we're doing in work and how we're spending our time. Having more awareness in general is a, is a really good thing. But if you really stop to think about it, how do you, like what's the, what's the first step you take when you're trying to find that present moment? You breathe. You breathe. Yeah. You find the breath. You can't breathe for, for the past. It's happened. You can't breathe for the future. It's, it's not here yet. You can only breathe for the present moment now. And so no matter what we're doing, whether it is the sports or the yoga class or you know, connecting with people or finding your voice and, and projecting your voice, speaking, sharing, singing, um, expressing yourself in this life, um, you must breathe. You yeah. must breathe. So, you know, it, it's, the, it's the start and end of everything in a way, like as, a, as, as these words, this, you know, um, respiration, respire, breathe, um, and then like expire. And there's a lot of things that happen in between. But, you know, it's, it's the number one thing we can grab onto any time to, to change things or to move towards something, you know? Do you have on top of your mind some, you know, breathe practice that could bring maybe me and you and our listeners to a conscious state of mo moment like right yeah. now? Could we yeah. do something? Yeah, yeah, of Together course. with everybody who is listening? Yeah. Well, the, I would say that there's like a two-part thing. So there would be like just asking anyone who's watching or listening this, you would just, wherever you are, just if you're sitting down, for example, you can be, you can be laying down as well, not driving a car or anything like this, but like just closing your eyes for a moment and just sort of like starting to connect with your own breath, you know, and just feeling the air move inside the body because you actually have to pull the air in. It's not happening by itself. So it's a physical thing. And you can kind of start to connect with the parts of the body that are working together to make the breath happen. So that might be the chest, might be the, the rib cage, which is kind of expanding on the inhale. You might feel the diaphragm a little bit. So once you start connecting with these parts of the body, you realize that there's this nice little symphony happening in the body where everything needs to kind of work together. On the exhale, it kind of falls out by itself. So we can kind of breathe in. But then on the exhale, it just falls out by itself. So you can practice this for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten breaths. And then eventually we can start to shape the breath a little bit. And one, one easy exercise, and we can just do one round of this, um, it's, it's called like a four, seven, eight breathing technique. And that's where we would breathe in for four seconds. We take a little pause, relaxing the body, not holding anything inside the body, but just in between an inhale and the exhale. We would pause for about seven seconds. Then on the exhale, there'll be like eight seconds exhale. But the tip here is that you would basically wrap your lips around the, the breath, the inhale and the exhale. So it's kind of like breathing in through a straw. So we can, we can actually, let's do this one round together. Let's do it. So in three, two, one, we're breathing in for four seconds. And into a pause. So relaxing the body, just relaxing the body. Four, five, six, seven. Now exhaling through the lips, like you're kind of blowing through a straw, just controlling the airflow for eight seconds, slowing everything down like this. Four, 
five, six, seven, eight, and then you would go back to the inhale. So breathing in for four seconds, two, three, four, into the pause, relaxing all the body, just kind of hanging out there in between. Three, four, five, six, seven, and now exhaling through the lips slowly, just like this for about eight seconds. Five, six, seven, and eight. And just return to natural rate of breath. So the nice thing about this one is that like, you certainly get the air in, like you get like good solid breath in, but the pause is a really interesting part because actually the trigger for the body, you know, to release oxygen inside the bloodstream is the rising level of CO2. So our body in that pause, we're still generating CO2. CO2 level kind of gently rises and gives the signal to release the oxygen. So it feels nice. But then we go to the exhale. The exhale is a lengthy one, a long one, and that's kind of calming the nervous system and, and stimulating the vagus nerve, which is kind of um, ha has a direct correlation with your heart rate. Yeah. So it kind of slows everything down. And you can kind of feel straight away that it sort of s slows everything. It's interesting. So when it was like the inhale and then it was a pause, on the pause, I, I somehow felt um, in the moment. Mm. So, and because I don't know, so on the inhale, I was busy with inhaling, mm. but then when the pause happened, somehow I've kind of like, okay, I'm here now. I'm kind of plugged in. So that's, exactly. that's what happened in my brain now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you even look at the breath, I mean, like it's, you know, this, this pulling the air in, it's the physical, you know, in many ways, it's kind of the masculine way, you know, it's like, okay, like that's the active part. Mm -hmm. And then in a way, the exhale is very kind of like letting go and softer, you know, like, or it can happen by itself. In a way, that's considered a little bit more like in a way feminine, you know, like having this kind of gentle touch. And somehow when the two come together, it's kind of like that, that almost a mix of the two, because we all have that kind of like duality inside the body. And yeah, absolutely. The pausing and having those moments of, of like, like, usually we have some stimulus around us. There's no music here. There's no anything disrupting us. And sometimes not breathing or doing the pause is actually the best thing to do because then we know that we get the oxygen released in the body um, and it feels, feels good. It feels like you said, in the, in, you're here now. Yeah, super interesting. So it's, it's, it's not only about breathing and how you're breathing, but also how you're not breathing. Mm -hmm. And it's all coming up in your next book. I'm really looking forward for that. And uh, and I could really continue speaking with you like forever. But then the last thing that we really need to touch on is that you also do this cold exposure retreats where you take people somewhere to the forest and then you force them to dive into the cold water. Is that what you do to people? Uh, there's, well, you know, there's no force. There's no force in, in these things. But uh, yeah, this, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Like. You know, it's funny because you mentioned it was a nice, actually nice segue into that because like, um, you know, when you're going under the water, when you're doing the ice diving, you, you're literally asking someone to go in cold water. There's a roof of like, there's, a, you know, thick ice above 
Um, you have to hold the breath, so kind of not breathing in a way, which can be quite scary. You're in an enclosed space, which can be also representative of another fear. It's a little bit dark when you really look down. It can look a bit dark down there. Um, and, you know, you're basically asking someone to go into a situation of like all of these like uncertainty thing, you know, all these uncertain aspects. And, you know, we spend a lot of time during this, this weekend to get people so comfortable with the cold to understand what happens inside the body when you're in the cold and how to warm back up yourself, you know. But then also the breathing part. And as you know, like breathing when you go into the cold changes and we, we can take control of that. But then when you're under the water, it's a different thing. You have to a little bit surrender to that. And the way you can surrender into that process is to trust your own body. So it's really about the kind of guidance and like um, and also the community, right? Like you, you have like 12, 13 other people with you that are sort of the, the learning is kind of in, increased and enhanced with all the questions that people ask and people can kind of confirm like, did you feel that too? And so together we all get there and, you know, we spend the first two days going through all of the science and all of the techniques and the actual practicalities and then on the the sunday the last day everyone's ready to go under the under the water and everyone's quite excited about it and and they do it multiple times too multiple times. yeah and so also, no force no force. no force everyone's there on their own and something else i thought right now so this might be the good way for someone to get into the cold exposure so it sounds like you're really taking care of everything during this program and then you are there facilitating so then let's say if somebody wants to get into cold exposure wants to start those you know cold showers and then dipping in ice water so they could come to this retreat for sure and then get experience of everything so when are those yeah. happening yeah well that's the thing it's for everybody right yeah. these are like so open for everybody like there's like a lot of people think that because it's ice diving um, that it's actually you need to be some expert or some professional or whatsoever. And I think, you know, everyone has some varying levels of experience with the cold. But actually, we've had people that have never been in like ice water before. They might have had a cold shower. They might have just stayed outside too long in some instances. Um, and they've, they've, they've been able to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's funny, it's, it's so fun to watch someone go through the journey and grow through that. And then they also get the dopamine and all those kind of like those um, feel good and happy hormones um, throughout, the, throughout the weekend. So, yeah, we're doing those um, throughout winter. First one's coming up midway through January and uh, 12th to the 14th of January. Um, yeah, and they're, they're so much fun. They're so much fun. We, it's one way to enjoy the winter too and not sort of stay inside at home and just kind of wait for the white stuff to to go away <laughs> cool where do you know more about this uh coldexposurefinland.com is where to find out yeah we have a lot of a lot of information there and uh there's other different other different kind of workshops uh coming up around the cold as well so and how do i know more about yourself so where should people go and check your things yeah uh leeyuan.com and then on instagram for example uh leeyuan no, no gaps in between, just one, one word like that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at responding on there, so. Cool, and then also in the show notes, I'm gonna put the links also there if somebody is super interested. 
everybody please go check out his instagram full of videos and information and everything and then also cold exposure finland and then we are really looking forward for your book because it, it might be a game changer in the you know world of breath hmm. um i think that's the pod everything thank you so much Thanks, for man. being here and Pleasure. really appreciate your coming yeah thank you appreciate you man cool uh please like and subscribe wherever you're watching and stay tuned for the next episode bye <laughs>